0: I hope you had an opportunity last week to join us for our missions conference. And uh, if you were here for that over the weekend, you, I'm sure, were encouraged and blessed. And uh, we're, we're thankful, so thankful that we had all of our partners together. But, you know, as we've been in this series, Doctrines of Demons, uh, it really was encouraging and challenging to me last weekend to hear from missionary partners that are serving the Lord all around the world. Uh, And in any culture around the world you go to, there are a lot of things that are different in that culture than there are here in in America. Uh, You have a changing of uh, language, you have a changing of uh, clothing style, you have different kinds of foods, Uh, you have different kinds of traditions, Uh, you have different uh, kinds of uh, topography, climate. All of that is different all around the world where you go, and we have partners that are all around the world, and yet one thing remains consistent and true, and that is the power of the Word of God. Uh, No matter what language, no matter what people group, no matter what country, no matter what culture, God's Word remains quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, The gospel of Jesus Christ remains the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes it. And I'm so thankful for the truth of God's word that we can with assurance and faith and with great belief and trust take God at his word. And I hope you're encouraged by that as well. I experienced something this past week that I hadn't experienced in quite some time. I was taking my Two oldest daughters to school. Got up in the morning to go out into the minivan or the man van, whatever you want to call it. And uh, as I went out in the morning to get into the, the car to take the girls to school, I noticed this terrible thing on the windshield called frost. And uh, when I knew it was a problem, is it wasn't just dew or it wasn't just kind of like a thin kind of like layer because I, I put on the windshield wiper blades to see if it would do anything it didn't do anything and had to kind of just turn that defroster on and wait uh, until that got cleared off a bit and got cleared away. And uh, welcome to Northeast Ohio. Uh, what, nine out of 12 months maybe. That's what it seems like. But we're there, folks. We're there. And so it's coming more and more as the days grow colder. But as I was there and I was waiting for that windshield to get cleared off, you know what that's like in the winter. If you're not parking in your garage, if you don't have a garage to park in, uh, you have to hit that defrost because when you get into your vehicle and you first start up in the morning and it is winter or it is freezing, you can't see anything because it is just frozen over. And, And you need to start that process, sometimes the long process, of turning that car on, hitting the setting to defrost, turning it full blast, and wait so that it just gets cleared up. We live in a culture today where we are being hit from every side with confusion. So much is constantly being thrown our way That is just completely clouding up the lenses of so many, even believers, in the culture in which we live in today. And here's what my desire is for you, if I can use this analogy. As we get started this morning in God's word, I want you to picture yourself getting into your car, turning it on, setting the setting to defrost, hitting it on full blast. And my hope is by the end of the message, what was very maybe cloudy and difficult to understand becomes much clearer as we look at God's word. In this series on doctrines of demons, we have shared with you this desire that more than hearing the words that I may preach, you would hear what God says in his word. And if anything that is shared this morning is offensive, is hurtful, comes across as unloving or unkind, my hope is the only reason it would come across that way is because of disagreement with what God says and not with what I say. My desire this morning on a very sensitive issue is to be able to look at God's Word as our standard, see what God's Word says, and then adjust accordingly as we go out and live in the world we find ourselves living in. This morning, we're going to be looking at doctrines of demons, continuing this series. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, we've shared this from the first message to the second message, and now here in the third. 1 Timothy 4 1, Paul's writing, and he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. This is something that Paul expressed to Timothy as a reality that there are those that will devote themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. We've set up the reality in week one that we have an enemy, the devil. He is actively at work in the world. The devil's desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. He is a liar and a deceiver from the very beginning. His desire is to seek to dishonor the name of Christ, to do away with the reality of the creator God of the universe. He wants to distract. He wants to distort. He wants to bring into question every truth of Scripture And if we look at the society in which we're living, and sadly, even within many churches today, he is succeeding to a great extent at his plans. Now, ultimately, we have the assurance to know that our God is victorious, that Jesus Christ will build his church. As you've heard last week, all around the world, it's happening. We're encouraged this morning. We have eight baptisms this morning. Folks that have identified with Christ and are following him. We are hearing of people being saved of the gospel, changing lives. We're hearing the testimonies of those that were lost and have been found, that were dead and have been made alive. So as much as he may be succeeding in pockets and in different arenas, ultimately our God will not be defeated. He can't be defeated. But our enemy is real He is actively at work, and for too long as the church, we can be found guilty of closing our eyes and just putting our our fingers in our ears with our eyes closed and say, I'd rather not think about it, talk about it, look at it, just ignore it, because that's just so much easier, but that's not what our desire is. Our desire in this series is to expose some of the agenda of the devil, if you will, on what's going on in the world we find ourselves living in and how he's trying to distort the truth of God. And so this morning we come to a very light matter of sexuality and sexual identity. I told you last week if you were here from the missions conference come back next week because you'll probably be offended. So I'm glad you came this morning. Thank you for being here. Again, in a very sensitive Subject matter, I want to really seek to hit that defroster so that our windshield gets cleared up as we look at this by the end of the message this morning. Something that right now is so confusing sexuality and sexual identity. Our culture is an absolute mess when it comes to these areas, it's a mess. So much is so confusing, and my desire today is to look at God's word and clear some things up. So we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. We're really going to focus in on just two passages this morning. Genesis chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, and seeking to bring some clarity to what can be very confusing, very cloudy in our culture today, and something that I understand and know you're here today, and many of you in your families, you're dealing with these issues This is a sensitive matter for many that are here. My desire today is not to me personally be offensive to you. My desire today is not in any way, shape, or form to communicate hate, to communicate a disdain for, to communicate anything that would, in my words, or coming from me, be offensive, but rather what God says. And so let's look at this together. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. Then God said... Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth." So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. If you're using a pew Bible this morning, that was page one. Of your Pew Bible. If you're using a written copy of God's Word, it's probably the very first page of your Bible, starting point. There is a Creator God, the one who created the heavens and the earth. There's an intimate designer who created and designed on purpose and with purpose. There's one true living God. And we see from the very outset in Genesis chapter 1, the desire of Satan. If you, if you read through the account in Genesis chapter 1 that God created the earth, and then you get to the fall of man, and then you get to uh, all the other business that God would be dealing with man following sin and God's plan of redemption that would even be revealed in Genesis But we see from the outset God as creator who is very clear, very intentional, very purposeful in what he does. And we see the enemy, the devil, seeking to lie, distort, confuse, and muddy all of those truths from the very beginning. And that's what's going on in our culture today. So here's what I'd like to do I'd like this morning to start off by giving two undeniable truths from God's word, two undeniable truths from God's word that will serve as a foundation for the rest of our message. Then I want to get in to looking at where our culture and world is when it comes to the areas of sexuality and when it comes to the areas of sexual identity. Let's start with the two undeniable truths from God's word. Undeniable truth number one from God's word. There are but two genders, male and female. This is an undeniable truth from God's word. Now, the culture and world in which we live in To make a statement like this, which should not be a difficult statement to make, would immediately cancel you in our culture. To be able to say with clarity, with certainty, that there are but two genders, male and female, as God has designed and created, is something that will get you labeled and canceled in our culture today. How refreshing is it that God is very crystal clear in his word? But can I ask a question? Why is it that in the areas that God is crystal clear in his word, Christians can be so confused? That's a problem. It is a problem that in the areas that God very clearly spells out the truth... That there are believers in our culture today who would just act as though that's not the case. There is no question, this is an undeniable truth from God's Word. God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, He created them, male and female, He created them. This is an undeniable, indisputable truth from God's word. And as believers, let's start there. Because this is truth. You may be there, you'd be like, I can't believe you would say that I disagree. You can disagree with me if you'd like, but I want you to understand that truth, that statement doesn't originate with this pastor. This is what God has said in His word. And this should not be controversial. This should not be difficult. This should not be confusing. Listen, I'm going to share with you some things in a few moments that are going to be very confusing, very alarming, very just distorted. And you're going to listen to some of the things I'm going to share. And if you're like me, you're going to listen to it. You're going to read it. You're going to see it. And you're going to think, what in the world is going on? But how thankful can we be this morning that there is crystal Clarity in the word of God. And this is the undeniable truth, number one. Number two, undeniable truth number two from God's word. The only healthy and permissible sexual relationship in the eyes of God is between one man and one woman within the context of marriage. Not as many amens on that. Let me read that one again. The only healthy and permissible sexual relationship in the eyes of God is between one man and one woman within the context of marriage. And here's the problem. It is a problem. Listen to me. It is a problem. As the church, and this is where the church gets labeled to be be hypocrites, when we can amen and stand forcibly about truth number one, but not truth number two. And you know why? Because for a lot of people in this room, truth number two hits too hard. Man, that means pornography usage. That means indulging in sexual sin, whether you are heterosexual or homosexual. That means that there are boyfriends and girlfriends, engaged couples that are here, singles that are here, that if you're engaging in sexual activity outside of marriage, it's an undeniable truth number two here for you. It is sin in the eyes of God. And yes, as believers in Christ... We should be greatly troubled and alarmed at truth number one when it's denied, but we should be greatly alarmed at truth number two as well. Now, the message today is not a message on purity. It's not a message on just in general sexual sin. So if you're here and you're thinking, oh no, here it comes. We don't have time to get in all that. The, the, the series, Doctrines of Demons, and the, the matter that we're discussing today is in regards to sexuality and sexual identity because this is all over our culture. It needs to be talked about, and people won't talk about it. But let me just before I go on any further and say you and I should have just as much of a disdain for The sexual sin that is so prevalent even within the church by people who call themselves followers of Christ as those things that are done outside of the church or accepted in the church when it comes to gender identity. And so we need to understand that and quit making excuses. If you're a believer here today, you are a husband here today, and you are having an adulterous relationship, If you're a wife today who's having an adulterous relationship, if you're married and you've committed yourself to your spouse and you are engaging in fulfillment of sexual desire through pornography or any other lens, if you are not married and you are engaged or you're dating and you are engaging in sexual activity outside of marriage, stop it because it's sin and be honest about that. Because it should be just as alarming that something that is crystal clear in the eyes of God when it comes to this area is so easily disregarded by the church. But these are two undeniable truths. Number one, there are but two genders, male and female. Number two, the only healthy and permissible sexual relationship in the eyes of God is between one man and one woman within the context of marriage. And can I just tell you, God's plan is absolutely incredible. God's plan for sex and marriage is absolutely incredible. And my, how we have messed that up. These are undeniable truths. So with these undeniable truths in mind, and we'll go back. I'm going to repeat this a little bit just in case you missed these undeniable truths. We'll go back to that. But let's give some definitions as we get moving this morning. Definition number one, sexuality. Sexuality we talk about sexuality, what are we talking about? Well, Merriam-Webster defines sexuality as the quality or state of being sexual, the condition of having sex, sexual activity, expression of sexual receptivity or interest, especially when excessive. This is what Merriam-Webster defines as sexuality, but medical news today defines sexuality as sexuality or sexual orientation has to do with whom a person is or is not attracted to either sexually or romantically. A person may identify more with one sexuality than another at different points during their life. This is a very fluid situation, who you're attracted to and who you are desirous about. Planned Parenthood, very solid source here, says sexual orientation is about who you're attracted to and want to have relationships with. Sexual orientations include gay, lesbian, straight, bisexual, and asexual. Planned Parenthood goes on to say sexual orientation is different from gender And gender identity, sexual orientation, is about who you're attracted to and who you feel drawn to romantically, emotionally, and sexually. It's different than gender identity. Gender identity isn't about who you're attracted to, but who you are. Male, female, gender, queer, etc. I'm using some of these sources because these are the sources that people in the world that are taking their talking points... And expressing their beliefs and desires or taking their information from. There's the acronym LGBTQIA+. The letters in the LGBTQIA+, acronym stand for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning, intersex, and asexual. The plus symbol in LGBTQIA refers to the fact that there are many sexual orientations and gender identities that are a part of the broader LGBTQIA community but aren't included as part of the acronym. Princeton recommends doing this exercise at home. Practice saying the acronym out loud. It's important to get comfortable with its usage. Use different variations too i.e., LGBT, LGBTQ, LGBTQ, LGBTQIA, and others. Keep learning on what each of the letters mean and get comfortable with saying them. <laughs> sexual or gender identity. American Psychological Association defines this as gender identity refers to a person's internal sense of being male, female, or something else. It's different than sexual orientation or sexuality. Your sexuality. Just to define the terms here and understanding of where our culture is at, sexuality or um, you know your sexual orientation is who it is that you are sexually attracted to. Your gender or sexual identity refers to your internal sense of being male, female, or something else. And the O oh, or something else could be animals, inanimate objects, or whatever else depending on the day that you feel you want to identify yourself as being. And that's a very sad state for our country to be in. That is what's being promoted even from a very young age to our children. You can desire and be with who or whatever you want to be with or whatever, and you can also identify as whatever you want to be. My daughters who go to school told me that they have uh, some classmates that identify as cats <laughs> or as a wolf or a dog. My one daughter had asked me. She's like, well, "What do I do when the one girl just kind of she's walking around, she's just kind of barking or like or sniffing people?" So. This is the current state of our culture. Gender identity refers to a person's internal sense of being male, female, or something else. The American Psychological Association, again, says transgender is an umbrella term for persons whose gender identity, gender expression, or behavior does not conform to that typically associated with the sex to which they were assigned at birth. Gender identity refers to a person's internal sense of being male, female, or something else. Gender expression refers to the way a person communicates gender identity to others through behavior, clothing, hairstyles, voice, or body characteristics. Now, here's what I'm sharing with you, because I don't want you to be confused. This is confusing, isn't it? Your sexual identity or sexual orientation is sexually who you are Desiring or want to be with, but that can change on a day to day basis. And for most people, it should and will change according to what's being promoted. Gender identity or sexual identity has to do with who you identify yourself as, who or what you identify yourself as, whether that be a man, a woman, um, a child, an animal, an object. That has to do with your gender identity, sexual identity, but your gender expression, on the other hand, or sexual expression, is what you publicly are wanting people to know that you identify as. So these are all different categories that are, are out there right now, okay? Okay. Now I'm telling you this because if you don't understand this and if you don't know this and if you don't use proper pronouns when referring to someone and you don't use the proper terminology when refer to them as a Christian or even as a non-Christian, you are bigoted, hateful, destructive. Because that's why Princeton recommends practice these things. Because you need to know these things. So you have your sexual orientation or sexuality of who you desire. You have your sexual identity or gender identity about who you actually are, not just who you see yourself to be and who others should see yourself to be, but actually who you are because sexual expression or gender expression is who you want people to know that you are. So to clarify this, and and this is a a real-life situation that I'm gonna show you in just a moment. I'm not making this up. So if I, as a very young man would say i'm identifying um, let me restart that if i as a 41 year old male i want to identify as a very young handsome tall man <laughs> and i express that to you my gender expression to you is that that i would like you to refer to me in that way if you refuse You're a hater and bigoted. And you have this phobia of people that don't look like you and talk like you and act like you. Let me get a little bit closer to what we're going to talk about in a moment as an example. If I, as an adult man, want to identify myself as a young girl and I express that, To you. To not refer to me as being a young girl is hateful, is bigoted, is destructive to our culture. Reuters shared an expanded acronym LGBTQQIP2SAA. This really shouldn't be funny. It should be troubling. It stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, pansexual, two-spirit, androgynous, and asexual. There really should be the plus sign after it because there are so many more. Letters that could be included in this. Folks, this is confusing, troubling, ridiculous, harmful, and destructive to our culture. This movement, this teaching, is doctrines of demons. It is the attempt of the enemy to remove any necessity for there being a purposeful creator God that everyone will give an account to. This is an attempt by our enemy to distort the image of God in every human being that lives. Genesis 1:26 to 28, just in case we forgot, then God said... Earth. Undeniable truth from God's Word. There are but two genders, male and female. Undeniable truth. Number two, the only healthy and permissible sexual relationship in the eyes of God is between one man and one woman within the context of marriage. No matter what is being thrown at you as a believer in our culture today, no matter how many sources or resources or references, no matter how many media outlets or politicians. No matter how many governors or senators or presidents, no matter how many local officials, no matter how many teachers, no matter how many pastors would want to question those undeniable truths from God's word, God's word can speak for itself. These are undeniable truths, and so amidst all of the confusion, mess, chaos, destruction that is being presented and promoted in this sexual identity, sexual orientation, uh, just calamity that is being broadcast in our culture, and it's trickling in even to the church, can we come back to the focal point of God's word and ask the question, what does God say? about this issue because it's very clear let me share with you a few examples of how I believe this is doctrines of demons and what our culture is embracing today and the first one I'm going to throw up here I think it's absolutely ridiculous that this is even something we're talking about drag queen story hour we have a picture here for you in a second not yet oh there it is Drag Queen Story Hour, or DQSH, is just what it sounds like. Drag queens reading stories to children in an inclusive, safe, and loving environment. This is the definition here. From thinkplaycreate.org, which seeks to uh, care for children. And teaching children. And bringing children along. Drag Queen Story Hour... Sounds just like, it it is just what it sounds like. It's drag queens reading stories to children in an inclusive, safe, and loving environment. DQSH, lovingly known as DQSH, captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood. Let me read that again. D-Q-S-H captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood. This is the work of the devil. And believer, if you are ashamed to call it that, you're ashamed not of the church, but of God's word. This is doctrines of demons. It captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood and gives kids glamorous, positive, and unabashedly queer role models. Are you alarmed yet as a believer in Christ? Is this something that we just... Well, it's there. That's our culture. There's a picture of this drag queen, this man who is dressed as a woman reading children's stories to children here. We didn't post the pictures or videos of how many of these drag queen story hours have turned into drag queen strip shows for children. And parents who will sit with their children laughing and giving their children dollar bills to throw at the drag queens as they strip for them in their presence. Parents should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Romans chapter one, verses 24 to 32, Paul the apostle says, therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Not to be done. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, the passage says. God gave them over to a debased mind, God's word says. That picture, I think, shows exactly what we're talking about. The American Library Association comes out every year with the most challenged books in the year, books that have either been canceled or been challenged. These are five of the top 10 challenged books by parents in 2021, the titles, Gender Queer, Lawn Boy, All Boys Aren't Blue, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, The Bluest Eye. I would not recommend you read any of these books. But these books were banned or challenged because these are books that are available in children's libraries at schools, libraries, universities. They've been banned and challenged because of sexually explicit images and material, profanity, LGBTQ plus content, degradation to women, depicting child sex abuse and sexual references. That's been made available to our children. For this reason... God gave them up to vile passions. God gave them over to a debased mind. Here's another troubling picture for you to look at. This is a picture from last weekend of President Joe Biden, our, our president, the president of the United States, who we should be praying for as our commander-in-chief and president, who we should be upholding before the Lord, It's a picture of Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, and Dylan Mulvaney in an interview. It's taken from an event last weekend at the White House known as the Now This News Presidential Forum. President Biden was interviewed by a TikTok artist named Dylan Mulvaney, a transgendered or non binary individual. Dylan is a biological man who identifies as a girl. He's a former Broadway actor who's become famous on TikTok for a series called 100 Days of Girlhood that documents his supposed transition to becoming a girl. In the interview, the President of the United States of America sits down with this man that identifies as a little girl and enthusiastically supports the necessity of hormonal and surgical treatments. Gender realignment surgery, gender affirming surgery, including surgeries and treatments for even young children. The President of the United States of America. This man who identifies as a little girl has an audience with the President of the United States. Church, are you awake yet? Dr. Al Mohler, who has a fantastic broadcast called "The Briefing," I would recommend it to anybody. It's news from the day, news from the culture, but giving a biblical worldview, a biblical response to so much that's going on. He said, "As a Protestant ev- evangelical Christian, I'll simply say they are setting themselves over against the entire authority of Scripture and very structures God has given in creation itself. He's referencing that interview. And the support of gender surgeries, realignment for even children, the whole agenda. Mulvaney questioned the president about whether or not states should have the right to limit hormonal and surgical treatments when it comes to gender, transgender procedures in particular, or so-called gender realignment or gender-affirming procedures when it comes to those who identify as non-binary. And the president simply responded with unbridled enthusiasm and moral clarity. Absolutely morally wrong, but moral clarity. I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that, the president said. To limit these surgeries, to limit these basically mutilations of even children's bodies. As a moral question and as a legal question, I think it's wrong for states to limit these things. Addressing states that have taken some of the actions, the president said, the idea that what's going on in some states is just outrageous and I think it's immoral. The trans parts, not immoral, he said. What they're trying to do to trans persons is is immoral. So let me summarize what the president of the United States said in this interview. Is that it is absolutely wrong. It is absolutely immoral. It is hateful to tell any child that wants their body mutilated because they identify as something other than what God has created them to be. It is immoral. It is immoral. It is wrong. And it's hateful. That's our culture today. That's our nation today. Dr. Moeller said the trans Virginia legislator wants parents to face a felony charge if they do not affirm their child's sexual orientation and gender identity, with plans to introduce the legislation in Virginia's upcoming legislative session. Church, listen to me. Look up here for a moment. The devil wants our children. He wants to lie, kill, steal, and destroy. The devil wants to divide our families. He wants to profane the name of Christ. He wants to remove the presence of a personal and purposeful creator, God, and destroy all that God has created. These are doctrines of demons. For this reason, Paul says in Romans 1, God gave them up to vile passions God gave them up over to a debased mind because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Doctrines of demons. Let me give us, as we wrap things up, some conclusions in some ways that we as a church should respond. Conclusion number one, the people of the world are under the control of the evil one. This is not me telling you this. The word of God says that those that do not know Christ are held captive by the devil to do his will. They are under the power and authority of the evil one. Number two, the standards and practices of the people of the world will be evil. It only makes sense. The standards and practices of the people of the world will be evil. Number three, the current teaching of the world regarding sexuality and sexual identity is demonic. Sometimes we can say, well, it's just not what the Bible teaches, it's demonic. The influence and promotion of pornographic materials as acceptable norm is demonic. The LGBT, I'm sorry, LGBTQIA+ movement and teaching is demonic. And let me just clarify something. I'm not saying anybody who identifies as a different gender, anybody who has a sexual uh, desire for someone of the same gender, I'm not saying that they are possessed by a demon and that they are demonic. I'm saying that the movement in teaching is demonic. The sexual exploitation and sexual mutilation of children is demonic. These are not gray areas, folks. This movement and teaching is demonic. So, how should the church respond? Number one, wake up, church. Wake up. Open your eyes to what is going on in the world around us. Look at what God's word says. You know, as Christians, we should never really truly be like, I'm just shocked. Because God's word tells us what to expect. When a nation turns its back on the Lord. When a people rejects God. For this reason, God gave them over. Because they exchanged the worship of the creator for the created. Number two, be unashamed and bold about the truth of God's word. Here's an incredible truth that maybe you've never thought about. You and I never need to apologize for what God has said. I don't have to apologize for saying there's two genders. I don't have to apologize to say the only acceptable sexual relationship in the eyes of God is between one man and one woman in the bounds of marriage. I didn't say it. God did. I don't have to apologize for that. Number three, speak out about the pure evil that is work in our society. Let's call it what it is. It's evil. It's doctrines of demons. I understand there is a desire on the part of if you have family members or friends that are steeped in this, that have believed this, are going through this, there is a desire, I understand, to not want to cause an offense, to not want to, you know, turn someone away. I understand that. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, we either believe God's word is truth or we don't. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, we either believe in the wrath that is to come or we don't. It is not loving or kind to make people feel good about embracing a doctrine that is demonic. Number four, get involved in our communities in a way that will influence for Christ and fight the demonic influence that is prevalent. People who are pro this movement are very passionately pro this movement. I wonder, are we passionately pro God's word and God's truth? We can get involved in our communities, parents in our schools, leaders in your communities. How are we involved? How are we influencing for Christ? Number five, this might sound controversial, and it's absolutely ridiculous if you think this sounds controversial. Vote for candidates that will oppose demonic agendas. I'm not telling you, if you read that statement, I'm just making sure it's the way I'm seeing it. Vote for candidates that will oppose demonic agendas. There is no Republican or Democrat listed in that statement. There's no political party that is being introduced in that statement. And if you're a voter, and you're offended that that statement is on the board, you better check where your allegiance lies. Because if a Christian, a follower of Christ, could say, that's offensive. Vote for candidates that oppose demonic agendas. I know what you're saying. If you know what I'm saying, and that is not accurate according to God's word, tell me where it's inaccurate. As a believer in Jesus Christ, vote for candidates that oppose demonic agendas. Agendas. There are certain areas and issues that are demonic. Not just different, demonic. We have the right, privilege, and freedom in the United States of America to vote. I would say as a believer in Christ, if you are not exercising and using that right, you are not taking advantage of a God-given privilege to voice your upholding of the word of God. Vote against demonic agendas. And then number six, pray and preach. Pray, unceasingly, we're told in Scripture. Hold to the truth of the word of God and may the truth of God's word be on our lips, be proclaimed with our tongues and be lived with our very lives. Pray and preach the truth. That's what we have been called to do. I hope, I pray that maybe something when you came in here was very cloudy has been cleared a little bit for you. This area of sexuality and sexual identity is absolutely under attack. There's an attack on the existence of an intimate, purposeful creator. There is an attack on the reality of our being created in the image of God. And there is a seeking on the part of the devil to distort, confuse and completely pull away from the truth of God's word. Might we as followers of Christ be faithful to the word of God and oppose these doctrines of demons. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to the truth of the word. God, that we would not be all nervous, worried, ashamed, about speaking your truth, because you are the author of your word, and it is eternal truth. We know it. We've received it. We have it. Let us be bold in proclaiming it in love and with grace to a world that is lost without you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.